2: What is up, Grinders and Vegas Insiders? Holden Kushner here with Kevin Rogers from vegasinsider.com and, of course, Dan Bach from. Roto grinders and sharp side and everything else lines and lineups week number six. We got five games. going to go down Seattle at Cleveland. We'll get to Philadelphia at Minnesota. The Niners visiting the Rams in a really interesting football game. Uh, we're going to have some fun with Washington at Miami. I just, I needed to do it. I'm sorry, Dan, you signed off on it. So it's your fault. And then Houston at Kansas city too guys. Uh, first of all, anything to plug because let's get that out of the way. And then let's get going on these games. I'm so pumped up. It was a great week five. I'm so, I'm just happy, guys. What's going on, K-Rodge?
1: I took your Denver Broncos in week five, and that was an easy winner.
2: An easy winner? Easy winner. All right, very good, because Joe Flacco is uh, elite. And then how about you, Dan Bach? What's going on?
0: I mean, those pipes of uh, Kevin just scared the living daylights out of me, right there. Like that was that was a little bit scary. Um, it, it was an all right week. Um,
1: I'll whisper the rest of the way.
2: There, you,
0: see, you you got more soothing tones to your voice. You don't need to get excited. Like I I can get to the excitement mode, and I think it actually helps. Yours, you got that deep soothing voice. Uh, but DFS wise, it was a chalky week. I mean, one of the highest scoring weeks I've ever seen. Uh, Will Fuller, I think with the sixth highest fantasy points in the history of, uh, a receiver in fantasy football, Aaron Jones, four touchdowns. It was a crazy, crazy week, but just a quick reminder, chalk does not hit every week. And if you think that it does, well, guess what? You're going to be sadly mistaken when you, uh, when you see what happens this week, because I don't think it's going to be the, the, the same chalk fest two weeks in a row.
2: No, probably not. My draft king's hit over 300. My Fanduel cash hit 150 and didn't cash. Think about that for a second. I mean, it yeah. was just an absolutely Nothing. insane week. All right, guys, let's get into this. K. Rogers, we'll start with some lines here. Seattle at Cleveland. This actually opened with the Browns uh, give it two and a half points, and now it is Seattle minus one. So I think everybody reacting to the Browns last night. We got over under 47 and a half. But let's start with that line, Kevin, because Russell Wilson right now has got to be an MVP candidate. He could be the front runner. And for Cleveland, they just laid an egg last night. Baker Mayfield, four touchdowns to eight picks this year. So it really doesn't surprise me too much. I just wonder if it's an overreaction.
1: Well, number one, the Cleveland Browns have not won a home game yet this season. So we'll see if they could finally break through. They lose at home to Tennessee by 30 points. They hung with the Rams that Sunday night game. And they have nothing to show for it so far at home. And you mentioned this uh, really ugly loss against San Francisco on Monday night in which, you know, the offense was great against Baltimore. They didn't do anything against San Francisco, who's the only undefeated team left in the NFC. And now they return home. Seattle's been off since last Thursday, and the Browns are on a short week. And Seattle coming off a very tough win over the Rams last Thursday night. And you mentioned Russell Wilson, what he's done this season. And I, I just think that the Browns in desperation mode. I I don't know if I can trust them. I, I really don't. And you look at Seattle; they're two and zero against the spread on the road so far. And when you look at what they have done, at least away from Century Link Field, they beat Pittsburgh, they beat Arizona. And you know, both those teams are not very good. But what are the Browns? You know, are the Browns that good of a team? They're two and three and they beat the jets who were awful and they had a nice whatever over baltimore you know i'm going to give them that but uh you know for seattle this is a team that scored 27 or more in four straight games so no one's stopping them right now so why would you think that the browns would slow them down even the browns gave up points to the ravens in that game and that high scoring affair uh, a few weeks ago and baker mayfield you know was terrible on monday night i just think right now cleveland I just can't trust them. I'm, I'm saying I love Seattle, but I don't know how I can trust Cleveland in this spot.
2: No, especially after seeing them last night, they're, they're, they're Jekyll and Hyde and Odell Beckham has been a non-factor. The guy has four catches for 47 yards in his last two games, uh, Dan, and, and I'll get back to you in a second. K-Rodge for the over under there, Dan, uh, want to get your thoughts on Russell Wilson. He's the fourth highest price quarterback there. Chris Carson has had some wonderful uh, games. And then, maybe the Seattle defense too. So give me a little rundown on the DFS side of this game, because it's tough to trust Cleveland right now. Maybe Nick Chubb, maybe.
0: Yeah. I mean, the thing you got to remember too, though, is everybody wrote off Cleveland, you know, after that week two game, and then they came back and and played well against Baltimore. So the fact that they're at home, they're playing a West coast team here at a one o'clock spot. uh, I actually think this is a rebound spot for them, but the problem is with Cleveland, especially on FanDuel, is the prices are still really high. DraftKings, they're a little bit more reasonable, but they didn't factor in the stink fest that we saw last week. I wish they did, because if they did, the salaries would have plummeted, and you could probably get even greater value on these guys. And I'm not going to play, I think, anybody in this game in any sort of cash game. But in tournaments, again, we're trying to differentiate from the field. We're trying to be contrarian. And I don't think anybody's going to want to go back to Cleveland here, and, and maybe rightfully so, Uh, but they did pick up a win against Baltimore just a couple of weeks ago. Maybe that Baltimore team's not all that great, but I don't know that this Seattle team is either. On their side of things, yes, Russell Wilson, MVP candidate, but uh, there are better quarterbacks to pay up for. Chris Carson, maybe a little bit interesting after what we saw, you know, Breida and Tevin Coleman do uh, just last night. Uh, Over 20 carries in each of the last two games, 6,600 on DraftKings. A pretty fair number Tyler Lockett though is the tricky one because targets were down for him in each of the last two games uh and he was the one that went off like early in the year was getting like double digit targets week in and week out we gotta see what the deal is though with the secondary of the Cleveland Browns if their top two corners Ward and uh and Greedy Williams are out again he's definitely a guy I can get on board with and then lastly Will Disley um not going to do it this week. I mean, way too expensive. You know, Austin Hooper has a incredible matchup for tight ends and he's about the same price as him on DraftKings. So uh, for me, this is just a tournament only game and even that I'm not loving it.
2: Will you have any exposure to Odell Beckham thinking maybe they force feed him. His ownership's probably going to be as low as it's going to be all season long.
0: Absolutely. I mean, and that's where you can gain leverage on the field. I mean, it's not like, this guy's talent suddenly disappeared. I mean, Mayfield last year, you know, was throwing multiple touchdowns seemingly every single week. He has not thrown over one touchdown in a single game this year. I mean, Mason Rudolph has as many fantasy points as Baker Mayfield does. So when it turns around, and it will, you got to think it's probably going to be at home. And Seattle, their defense that's, you know, gave up a ton of yards to Andy Dalton. Uh, Again, that was week one. That was a while ago. But still, this defense in, in just last week against Jared Goff gave up over 400 yards passing. So it's not like this Seattle defense comes in as is, uh, you know, one of the one of the top units in the NFL. So I think it definitely is a spot that I'll I'll attack in tournaments. Um, I'm not going to go crazy with it, but I don't think you have to be because I think the field is just going to abandon ship here in Cleveland.
2: Okay, Raj, I act I just absolutely hate this 47 and a half here. Because I feel like it's very, very close to what it's probably going to end up. You leaning either way on this? I
1: don't know about a lean necessarily, Holden. But, you know, what, what Dan talked about, the defensive numbers. You go back to that Cincinnati game in week one, and that should have been an over. It was a 21-20 game, and I believe there was less than 10 points scored in the second half of that game. So that was a 44 total, and at a 21-20. So you could have had another over with Seattle in uh in that game but as far as the two road games go for the Seahawks this year look at the quarterbacks they faced Roethlisberger got hurt it was Mason Rudolph's first NFL experience and then Kyler Murray so really I mean you say Baker Mayfield's an upgrade he I think he is an upgrade because the problem with Baker Mayfield is he's so Jekyll and Hyde you don't know which guy you're getting so you don't know if Cleveland's going to bust out but offensively at home they've been terrible so that's where you say or right, is this going to be the week? And you don't want to bet like that. Say, are they due in a sense? Is Cleveland due for a high-scoring game? But on the flip side with Seattle, they really, you know, the numbers, they've allowed 26, 33, 29 in three of their past four games. Like, they're giving up a bunch of points. So, you know, you kind of wonder if that will be the case again on Sunday. And, yeah,
0: Cleveland, and just a, one, one point yeah. I want to make, though, off of what he said, because he's right. Like, you don't want to guess when you're betting – per se but especially with DFS this is a great you know way to hedge off of that situation where you do gain a lot by guessing that this is going to be the breakout game because you're competing against everybody else where if you're betting the game you're going against the sports book and there's not that much more upside in trying to get that exactly right where in DFS if you guess right when that happens and the rest of the field doesn't that's when you can have those big big weeks so that's just a a very big difference between what Kevin does and what we do in DFS.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. Love it. My only stat from this one is Baker Mayfield's getting hit a lot. He's getting sacked a lot, yeah. a little over three times a game. That's 25th out of 32 teams. So it's something to keep in mind as Mayfield is just getting pounded back there early on in the season. All right, we got Philadelphia and Minnesota now. The Eagles' secondary is a complete debacle. You've got Minnesota, and their passing game is kind of a complete debacle, too. I mean, it was nice that Kirk Cousins, you know, at least found out and feeling a few times last week. But this will be interesting. I think that's the matchup for me to really look at in this game. Minnesota open as three point favorites. They're still three point favorites. 44 is the over under. K. Raj, um, you-, you see that Philadelphia defense really not where it needs to be. Their offense. I mean, Jordan Howard, that's it. You already had Doug Peterson coming out and saying this guy's going to get more carry. So maybe they even try to control the ball a little bit. And on the other side, the Minnesota defense has been tremendous, but I can't trust this offense.
1: No. Well, a couple of things here, Holden. Number one, the Vikings ended up getting two weeks ago. Uh, Trubisky gets hurt, and then Chase Daniel came in, and then they faced Daniel Jones last week. and. Dan called it last week, and and I felt the same way. The Vikings, the get right, they were going to come back and play well against the Giants because that's what they do. When they play a team they're better than, and Kirk Cousins is the quarterback. They're going to win, and they won going away. Now they're facing a team that's more in their class in Philadelphia, who now has won two in a row that they beat Green Bay on the Thursday night, and. They beat the Jets. We know the Jets are all, you know, beat up. They're poorly coached. We, we know all that. So I'm not going to give them a pat on the back for beating the Jets. They won a game they were supposed to win. Now they come to Minnesota this week to face the Vikings and Minnesota will always have that in the back of their head, this revenge game against Philadelphia from losing the NFC championship a few years ago to Nick Bowles when they were laying three there in Philadelphia and the Eagles blew them out to go to the Super Bowl and eventually win it. But, I'm just going to have to ride the Kirk Cousins trend. As far as you're playing a losing team, you back them. You're facing a winning team, you fade them. And I'm just not there until he plays a team and beats a team on their level or better than them. I'm not going to back them. I mean, the Vikings should have beat the Giants last week. They did. They're great defensively, but offensively, they're still question marks. I mean, Dalvin Cook has been great this year, but as far as Cousins getting the ball, the two receivers, it's still hit or miss every week. And for the Eagles. 34 points against the Packers, 31 against the Jets. I mean, the the offense is coming into form a bit.
2: Yeah, here we go, Dan. So it's interesting because Dalvin Cook, maybe just a tournament play this week, Philadelphia, I think they're second in the NFL um, in yards per carry. They're giving up just over three yards per carry. So a lot of this is going to be on Kirk Cousins. I don't mind having a few shares of him. Maybe Adam Thielen, too. What's your thoughts on the Minnesota side first? Because Stefan Diggs, I don't even know what to make of him anymore. Um, He had one big game, and that was really it for him. This offense for Minnesota is – it's almost impossible for me to predict what they're going to do for the sole fact that their strength is the Philadelphia strength defensively and their weakness going up against Kirk Cousins.
0: Yeah, I think the other thing to consider, and I think why Cook is still viable is, you know, he's had five or more targets in each of the last three games. And Philadelphia has allowed the second most receptions to running backs this year in the NFL. So he is a huge threat coming out of the backfield. And especially on DraftKings full point PPR, I mean, he's not cheap, but the dude's a bell cow. And I think we can consider him every single week. And I just think overall, this Philly defense is is not particularly great but we got a lowish total here at 43 this isn't a situation like last week where you know the Giants were just you know you knew they were going to shred that defense I don't feel as confident this week Cousins I mean if you want to stack them up that's fine but you know he's his price went down a little bit on DraftKings which actually kind of surprises me a little bit uh, I think the one guy worth a dart throw is Stefan Diggs, particularly on FanDuel. He's 5.8, and he's definitely a guy that he doesn't need necessarily a lot of volume to reach value. Now, I probably wouldn't play him in cash games because I love volume in cash games, but in tournaments, if you're looking for like a sub-6K wide receiver in dart throw, he's the one guy I would look with, look at. And then Philadelphia, I mean, Minnesota's just a bad spot. I mean, this is this is a tough spot for philly to come into on the road jordan howard i don't believe doug peterson when he says he's going to get more carries um that's not what I do. he does
2: i, I do why because i think that he's over miles sanders trying to carry the football i think he looks at jordan howard and he says this is the better runner miles sanders is going to be the guy out of the backfield now the question here is game script that's what's going to come down to well
0: Maybe, but he's also got to be productive. I'm not sure that he's all that good, to be honest with you. He's got touchdowns in three straight, but his fantasy performances have, have not done anything, especially on DraftKings, so he doesn't catch the darn ball. The interesting stat that I found was Minnesota, you know, six toughest uh, versus wide receivers and fantasy points allowed. So, like, all in all, again, another game that I'm just not in love with. A few spots maybe there on Minnesota, but uh, I think this is a, a grinded out, lower scoring game that uh, I'm not overly interested in.
2: Kevin, 44 over under. Tell me about it.
1: You got to like the Vikings defense. You can't dispute what they've done. And most points they've given up all year was 21 to Green Bay, and that was in one half. In the second half of that game, they shut the Packers out. But, uh, you know, with the Eagles, I mentioned them before, they can't put up the points. I mean, yeah, we could see this game, both of them in the 20s. I highly doubt you'll get to a 30-27 game. Uh, with these teams but uh, I mean I don't love the total here but I'd probably say that you could end up having I don't know the Eagles could win the game maybe 24 to 20 24 17 somewhere in that range and be close to the under
2: hey Dan either one of these defense interests interest you since we're looking at the offense it's shady on that side what about the other side of the ball
0: yeah I don't love it just because I don't know I mean I'd probably go Philadelphia if I was going to take one just because I feel there's a better chance that Kirk Cousins is going to turn the ball over than than Carson Wentz. Um, but I feel like both of these are like strong defenses, but not one that's ready to turn it over a whole lot against adequate quarterbacks, and especially in a world today where you've got just so many backups who are getting significant time. I probably wouldn't mess with a defense going against you know two legit NFL starters.
2: All right. So the first two games were one o'clock games. We're going to hit the four o'clock Eastern time game here. I want to spend some time on this because it's absolutely fascinating. The Niners defense has been just about as, as good as anyone besides for the Patriots, the Rams. I mean, this is an offense that still needs to get going, even though they put up a ton of points against Tampa Bay. I mean, Jared Goff is, is averaging, I think two interceptions per game over his last three. So it is the Niners at the Rams, this open Rams minus five. There's, it, it, everybody watched Monday night football decided to put money on the uh, on the Niners here because this lines down to three and a half K Raj is this a little overreaction here
1: yeah I think so I mean number <laughs> one that's it end of next game, <laughs> next game. Uh, that, here's what it is Holden that when you look at San Francisco and, and I understand you you can't do the whole well this is their schedule I hate to say it this is their schedule. They have won the AFC North. So congratulations to them by beating Cleveland, (laughs) Pittsburgh and Cincinnati the last three weeks and Baltimore. They have coming up later, but you know, what's funny is the two games that they struggle the most in were Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. that the Steelers, even though that the 49ers outgained them by nearly 200 yards, San Francisco had the five turnovers and Pittsburgh had a really good opportunity to win that game. And they didn't uh, with no Ben Roethlisberger and yeah, Monday night they dominated Cleveland. There's no disputing what they did there against the Browns. But also when you look at it, Cleveland now losing record, Bucks losing record, Pittsburgh without their now top quarterback, their second string quarterback, and Cincinnati is a train wreck at 0 and 5. That really, you know, San Francisco is 4-0, but who have they beaten? This can be the best team they'll face so far, the Rams, obviously the defending NFC champions. And on the flip side with LA Yeah, they put up a stinker against Tampa Bay, even though, you know, they they scored 40, but we talked about it two weeks ago, and I'm not going to the I told you so, but I told you so, that they were coming off the Cleveland game Sunday night, they had Seattle on deck, Tampa Bay, this was a tough spot for them, and we didn't think Tampa Bay would score 55, But still, they lost that game. And you know what? They had a nice comeback against Seattle. That Pete Carroll, I don't know what he was thinking at the end of the half by not running the ball. He tried the field goal, missed it. The Rams went down, made it 14-13 at the half. And the Rams took the lead in the second half where Todd Gurley got the ball. He scored a few touchdowns. Goff looked better in that game. They just couldn't slow down Russell Wilson. And the Rams had opportunities to win. I mean, you can argue that this is a team that, you know, could probably be right now. Uh, four and one instead of three and two I just think that LA will be really ready for this game with a few extra days off and San Francisco yeah look they've been a great story but this is the best team they're facing all season and I think that they could run into a buzzsaw here
2: I just wonder if they can get to Jimmy Garoppolo you know the Niners have done a wonderful job protecting him Uh, he's been sacked about one time a game at this point so uh, that's something uh, I'm going to keep an eye on because nobody sold on, on San Francisco right now. That's You look at the schedule and you say, all right, go beat somebody before we start buying into you. And this line movement, this is uh, uh, one and a half points overnight just because of their performance on Monday Night Football. Dan, uh, on the San Francisco side, Brita Coleman. So now we're looking at a running back timeshare here. Both look terrific. I mean, Matt Brita won absolutely Uh, bananas in that game. Do you think that the Rams can stop this running game? And if you had to pick one of those two San Francisco running backs, who's it going to be?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm probably leading a little bit more towards Tevin Coleman on DraftKings. He's 4.4K and uh, I think can definitely also get some work in the pass game. So can Breida. They're 5.9 and 5.0 on FanDuel, and that's pretty cheap for running backs. I just really hate the timeshare, and that's where I don't think you can play them in cash. I think you can play them in tournaments and hope you get the right one uh, because Breida only had 11 carries. Coleman had 16. Like. If one of those guys got hurt, you know, definitely fire him up. But right now it looks like a total timeshare. And Mostert, I think, still got like four or five carries last <laughs> night uh, as well. So uh, it's it's tough to go after the, the the running game there. I think Garoppolo's interesting for tournaments because this could be a game where he's actually trailing and he hasn't really needed to open things up too much yet. And, I mean, George Kittle, I think, is just a, a smash cash option for us at tight end eight targets and three of his last four got in the end zone last week. And, uh, and I think they're going to lean heavily on him. So he's my favorite play for sure on the San Francisco side. And, you know, I do think the Niners defense is pretty legit, but the Rams at home, and I agree with Kevin, you know, the, the fact that they've got extra time to prepare going against a team that's on a short week, uh, it's a pretty nice advantage. Uh, the question is, do you trust Todd Gurley who played 93% of snaps last week? It's a nice uptick for him. He's only 6.2 over on DraftKings and 7.1 on FanDuel. And the dude has four touchdowns over the last two weeks. The yardage is garbage, but if they get down to the goal line, they're ready to give it back to Todd Gurley. So I think he's viable in a game with one of the highest totals that we have uh, on the slate. And then we got to keep our eyes on the news around uh, Brandon Cooks. If he is out, we can fire up. Robert Woods is a great value option. He is super cheap. And Cooper Cup, I mean, 17, 15, 12, those are targets for him in each of the last three games. So the guy is uh, turning into, you know, one of the best wide receivers and volume wide receivers we have. And then the lone guy to talk about Gerald Everett, 11 targets last week, 6K on FanDuel, forget about it, way too much. But 3.6 on DraftKings is the right price range for him and, uh, and could be viable.
2: Well, here's my concern, Dan, with looking at last week. I mean, that was just – to me, it's an aberration because Goff had to throw every single time. I mean, yeah, Gurley got in the end zone two times. And I do think he's a better play on FanDuel, to tell you the truth, because he, he's – touchdown equity is what it is. The nice thing, week one we saw Malcolm Brown get in the end zone down there, and now it's Todd Gurley, and Todd Gurley's getting more playing time too. So I like seeing yeah. that. Uh, I love your call on George Kittle. You know, finally found the end zone on Monday Night Football. So that was good to see. As far as the wide receivers go, though, Cooper Cup's the number one. And it is unquestioned at this point.
0: But he's expensive. Fifth most expensive wide receiver Mm -hmm. on the slate now. Might be worth
2: it. Could be. Could be worth it. Uh, K-Rodge opened at 49. Now sitting about 49 and a half, depending on where you go, depending on where you shop. Vegas thinking this is going to be a a high-scoring game. You?
1: I think that maybe it takes a step back a bit that the Rams who gave up 85 points the last two weeks and granted Tampa Bay had some defensive scores there that uh, I think that the Rams could tighten this up a little bit San Francisco has done a lot of this with big plays and we saw Monday night the a touchdown right out of the shoot an 83 yard run that San Francisco has relied on some big play touchdowns they had that in the Bengals game back in week two and you know for the Rams you go back to that Saints game in week two and understandably it's a different situation, but They held New Orleans to nine points. And and granted, Breeze got hurt and Bridgewater came and Things changed. But we know the defense can clamp down if they have to. And San Francisco's defense has been good. We can't take that away from them in spite of the competition. But uh, I, I think this will be more of a game that we could see maybe 27 to 20, 24 to 20. There's been some unfair results in this series the last few years. You know, last season they played at the end of the season and the Rams won by 16, no Garoppolo. And then two years ago, Garoppolo played in the finale at L.A. They won by 21, but the Rams sat everyone. So that's that's kind of my issue. It's a different topic about some of these divisional games in Week 17 that mean nothing, that we're throwing them out. Uh, These games, the the results mean absolutely nothing because these are meaningless games. So now they're playing a meaningful game, which is good to see. And I think that these teams, uh, I think defensively, the Rams will need to clamp down. And San Francisco has been so good defensively. I got to think that maybe that this one goes the other way and stays under.
2: Hey, Dan, besides for Kittle on the Niners side, does anybody anybody in the passing game interest you?
0: Not really. I mean, I think they're fine as like a, if you wanted to play Garoppolo and, and throw in one of those guys in, in sort of a, a stack situation, you could. But none of them are getting enough, you know, uh, getting enough looks in the offense to, to justify it. The prices are cheap. And if you can nail it, like, you know, when Debo Samuel gave you 20 fantasy points a couple of weeks ago, uh, it more power to you. But uh, I don't think that's the spot where, you know, I want to guess because there's just too many guys. Is it going to be Goodwin? Is it going to be Samuel? Is it going to be Pettis who should have had a touchdown? So uh, probably a pass.
2: Uh, Kevin, just uh, real quick, on a scale of one to 10 K-Rodges, okay? 10 being very comfortable, one being not very comfortable. How many K-Rodges – are you putting up there on this game total?
1: Six. Six, Rogers. I don't want to say 10, but I don't want to say one because I could (laughs) see – I'm going to go – I'm going to stay in the middle on this one. But but I'm going to shade more towards yes than no. So six we're going to go with.
2: Do you have a strong feeling on any of the three games that we've done yet?
1: I mean, right now – The only one out of the three, I would just lean Eagles because I told you the history of Kirk Cousins until you prove you could beat a good team, then I'm going to go with the Eagles there. But the other two, I don't like what Cleveland's doing, but it's the NFL and Cleveland can come back and play well this week. And I, I'd, let, I'd say more with the Rams, the size more than the totals. But the Rams, I, I think this is they, – they, they come back to – not come back to life, but they come back to what they were and they play well. If San Francisco goes in to beat L.A., I'm like, wow, like this team's 5-0 and, oh and and they could be a threat. They really can. Not saying if they lose this game, they won't be a threat in the NFC, but they win. Man, that's that's showing a lot, I think.
2: Uh, Dan, just real quick, how stackable is this game?
1: It is very stackable, especially yeah. because
0: – You've got a, you know, you've got Kittle, and you can run him back with all those L.A. Ram players. And again, Jimmy G, if you put him and Kittle together, you think they're going to go for two touchdowns. You can easily slot in a a Cooper Cup or even a Todd Gurley or maybe a Robert Wood. So, you know, we've seen game stacks the last couple of weeks really pan out for you. This isn't the best one on the slate, but it might be the second best one on the slate.
2: Hmm. All right. I like that. Um. If we could go back in post production, we can do our next game. Just have a toilet flushing. This is I've been waiting for this game now for three weeks. K. Okay, Rods, we talked about it last week and maybe the week before that too. Washington at Miami, one o'clock. For uh, you, tell me why Washington opened six and a half, and now it's by <laughs> now it's three and a half. I mean, these are these are the two worst teams in the NFL, right? I mean. I almost might watch this for a couple of minutes to see how big a debacle it is. Redskins fire their coach. They're the most dysfunctional organization in the NFL. Dolphins are tanking. These are two suck teams. Do you have any interest in it, by the way, any interest whatsoever?
1: Well, since I live in South Florida, I'm curious to see what happens. But before, <laughs> before we get to the game, I guess, I guess the question for both of you guys is if your boss calls you at five in the morning to fire you, what are you saying to him?
2: Well, you knew he knew it was going to happen too. Because I
1: answer the phone? Why go in? Why might? Why are you calling go me at five in, in the morning?
2: You know, I do what Norv Turner hey, did. I do. Hey. Norv Turner showed up at five when or nine. They called him at five, and Norv Turner showed up at nine just to screw him over. I don't know hey, why. Why Gruden went in?
0: If it meant that I get you know millions of dollars and don't have to work, I will pick up that phone call
1: every <laughs> single time. Every single
0: time.
2: I mean, now,
1: all right. As far as this game goes. Yeah. Okay. A couple of things. Number one in the dolphins, they're Owen four, regardless of what happens because they're four opponents. They played. I thought before the season started, not knowing how bad this dolphins team was that they would lose these four games. You're playing four playoff teams from a year ago. You're playing the super bowl champions. You're playing uh, a Cowboys team that ended up being three and, or I guess two and O when, when you faced them. The Chargers, who are very good, and the Ravens, who are a a good team. So I'm not shocked they were 0-4. I'm shocked the way they got to 0-4. Now they have manageable games coming up. They get the Redskins. They get the Giants. They get the Jets. They get a lot of teams that they can compete with. So that's why I say that this week, we'll know how bad they are. If they lose a close game to the Redskins, so be it. If they lost 41-10 to Washington, I say, wow, this team is really awful. But – I mean, the Redskins, I think the reason why we don't know how bad they are is because everyone's talking about the Dolphins. And granted, the Redskins have played some good competition, too. So we can't really dog them. The only bad team, or let me rephrase that, the only not great team they play is the Giants. Okay? And they got hosed in that game, losing 24-3. to And I mean, hosed like bad, like they just got destroyed. So that was probably a bad choice of words. But – I don't. I can't make a convincing argument for either side because you feel dumb taking either side. You take like Washington and the <laughs> Dolphins beat them. Then you take like the Dolphins and Washington wipes them out. Just, just, just sit really far back and keep an eye on the game and hope that it's somewhat entertaining towards three forty-five.
2: You're going to watch some of this too, aren't you? I mean, I covered oh, the yeah. Redskins for a lot of years, and there's nothing. There's nothing worse than having to cover that organization. I, you know what? I take that back because drama is always fun on the radio. But my goodness, man, uh, the Redskins, dysfunctional. Dan, these are two of the worst defensive teams in the NFL. They're two of the worst offensive teams in the NFL. But there's got to be somebody in this game that we can differentiate ourselves because everybody's just wiping this off the map. Nobody wants to touch it. Come on, there's got to be somebody in play. Is it Terry McLaurin? Is Kenyon Drake finally going to do something? Are these two defenses, which are so awful, going to do something because the offenses are so bad? Dan, come on, don't 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 poo poo this away. Somebody's got to be in play.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to poo-poo it. I mean, I'm I'm all about value, and and the guys in this game, the players in this game, are all dirt cheap. <laughs> and there's going to be touchdowns. I mean, there's 41 yes. projected total here. It's not like a a 35 or something. So, uh, somebody, I'll make the prediction here. Somebody will have someone in this game on the millie maker winning lineup on Fanduel or Draft. What? I I, I'm just telling you, there's going to be there's going to be a value play in this game that goes off. Now I don't know if I can predict it or not, but there's <laughs> going to be somebody cuz these guys are so cheap. I mean, so cheap that somebody's going to score two touchdowns at, you know, sub 4k or sub 5k and maybe not break the slate, but they're going to be have no ownership. Now Terry McLaurin is the one guy who's got a, a decent price tag here at 6k on DraftKings, 6.4 on FanDuel. And and for me, it kind of depends on who the quarterback is. If somehow Keen, Keenum is healthy and is the starter, I mean, he's actually had two games over 300 yards this season. I actually don't think he's a horrendous play if he gets the start. I don't trust Colt McCoy at all. So I, I'm likely not going there. And then on the Dolphins' side, like again, these guys are mega cheap. And you said his name. Could this be a Kenyon-Drake game? I, I mean, so. just maybe – uh, five or more targets in each of the last three games. So he's getting some some run in the pass game. And he actually ran the ball okay last week. Nine carries, 44 yards. So his yards per carry were were fine in that matchup. But for whatever reason, this guy only plays like 50% of the snaps. Maybe they'll give that a a change this week because Balaj is a total bust. And then Preston Williams, Devontae Parker. I mean, mm-hmm. these guys, uh, not the worst punts out there again punts one-offs tournament plays nothing in here am I going to roll in in a cash game but again if you can get guys at low ownership who who can score you 20 fantasy points at low salaries you know that's how you win tournaments and I think somebody in this game will do it
2: it's Fitzpatrick right I mean can he throw four touchdowns and then again he usually has two great games I mean a is year. Rosen
0: not starting is Rosen <laughs>
2: Who are we going with this week, k Rogers Is it Rosen?
0: Rosen. Rosen. Yeah, Why would come you get on. This? Come on.
2: I want no, Fitzpatrick but, but like, in there.
0: I mean, here's the problem, though. I mean, Washington legit legitimately has, like, no offensive players. Like, outside of McLaurin, I, you go up and down that roster. I mean, Jeremy freaking Sprinkle is, like, a guy who's getting looks in this offense. It's, it's so, so bad. So, uh, you yeah, know, it's a mess, but... Again, I still have a hunch that, that somebody in this game is, is going to be productive in the fantasy side. Of it.
2: So disappointed it's not Fitzmagic. I, I want to see the four touchdown, five interception game. That's what I want to see out of this one. I don't know if Josh Rosen could do it. It's a game total of 41. K. Okay, Raj, get, get rid of your bitter beer face, just because, <laughs> by the way, you got to be a little older to remember that one. Anyways, I remember
1: that. That was Keystone.
2: Yeah. Bitter beer face. Yep. 41 is the total, my man.
1: You know what? Have fun. Take the over. Root for points.
2: <laughs> yeah. well, is I that might your as well YOLO? For
1: points. I like that.
2: Yeah. You're yoloing this game. You know
1: what? Root for points. Uh, Washington's given a bunch of points this season. The Dolphins have. Sooner or later, it's got to work out where the Dolphins get something right. I, I got to say, a game like that, just hope that they maybe get one defensive touchdown, one special teams touchdown. Oh. That-, that can help, but why not? Just take a shot. You don't want to ride the under this whole time because this is probably going to be uh, you know, one of those games that's 21-21 at the half, and then you get it uh, hitting the over already. I-, I would be shocked if this was like a three-nothing game at halftime. I really would.
2: You'd be shocked if it's a low-scoring game.
1: I- I'd be shocked if people went out to this game just as fans. Like, how do you get excited about? This? I'm sorry, I'm I don't excited, wanna dog. The- no, but I mean, like, people that are like truly no. Holden, you're excited because you want to see a train wreck. Let's I do. Like it- yes,
2: give it <laughs> to, to about me. Them.
1: <laughs> Give that's, me the trade wreck. That's fine. But I'm saying that these fans, oh, go Dolphins. Like, come on. Like, this is just. I'm and stacking the this Dolphins, game. But knowing the Dolphins, though, they will win three games and finish with a third pick.
2: Yeah, and the Redskins Guaranteed. will get it. So there's a coaching change there, too, on the Redskins side. But real quick, Kevin, yes. you know, we're on the DFS side here. And, you know, Dan was talking about Kenyon Drake and maybe a little McLaurin and somebody else. Sprinkle. Um, we got a Pringle and a Sprinkle, right? I mean, that's, that's what we got in the NFL There these is. Days. We can
0: talk about Pringle next game. We
2: can talk about Pringle, but, <laughs> K-Rodge, give me a Dolphin that's going to score a touchdown. Come on. You're the Dolphins guy. You see him all the time. Just Jimmy, say his name. Jimmy Cephalo?
0: I don't even know who that is. I was really. You don't know who that is? Dan,
1: Dan, I'm. Well, two things. One, he's the voice of the Dolphins on the radio. And two, he scored the longest touchdown in Super Bowl history against the Redskins back in 82. So. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm really ashamed that I didn't know. You're old, just like us. (laughs) How do you not know know
2: Jimmy Cephalo?
1: Come on,
0: Dan. He could have been a real active player for all I knew,
1: to be
2: honest. Oh, man.
1: I got nothing. I I got nobody on the Dolphin side. I mean, I hope Kenny and Drake has a good game. I hope Rose seriously. I hope Rosen has a good game that he finally can show like what he is. I mean, this is the time to do it. You know, I mean, this is, you know, you, you had the Dallas game, you had the charger game that now you have an opportunity to try to keep the starting job moving forward. You hope that this is the one game he can bust out.
2: Dan next thing you're going to tell me is you don't know who Vince Ferragamo is. Come I do on. know
0: that's a great name though. Thank so you. like, if you don't know that guy, that's, that's your own fault.
2: Go watch heaven can wait. Great football movie. Nobody talks about it as one of the great football movie. It's got some romance. It's got some drama. It's got some football in the Super Bowl. All right. Last, but not, definitely not least. This is the, this is the fun one. We talked about Houston last week against Atlanta being the big game. Well, Houston's back in it again, Houston at Kansas city, one o'clock game. Open Kansas City eight and a half point favorites. Now it's Kansas City five point favorites. What moved this line, K Raj?
1: Well, let's see about Mahomes and the ankle if he's all right. Uh, you know, it does say a lot though that the Chiefs were laying 11 to the Colts last week and now they're laying five to the Texans. Both teams have the same record, and Houston went nuts against Atlanta. They scored over 50 points, and Deshaun Watson had the uh, the big game 426 yards five touchdowns houston's been good on the road though you know at home yeah they beat atlanta but at, at home they struggled against jacksonville they lost to carolina but on the road they covered against uh new orleans in the opener a game. they should have won they came back and beat the chargers in week three so this is a team that actually has uh, been pretty decent on the road and now you get the chiefs coming in off their first loss of the season. You know, obviously Mahomes is the X factor here. If he doesn't play, it messes everything up. But you think that he will play. That this is how good of a defensive job the Colts did last week. First time that they were held below 28 this season. And that's the lowest point total the Chiefs have had since Patrick Mahomes has taken over was this past week against the Colts. So the, the Colts did a really good job of limiting Mahomes even though Mahomes had over 300 yards but keeping him out of the end zone and Houston has scored a bunch uh, on the road like I mentioned 27 in the opener 28 against the Chargers they played a few years ago and Deshaun Watson had a huge game against them that was uh, opposite Alex Smith that wasn't uh, Mahomes so he's never faced the Texans before in his career but uh, this line does say a lot It, it really does and for Houston if they could win this game they're 4-2, and two, and the Chiefs will be 4-2. and two. You have the tiebreaker there. So, you know, needless to say, a very big game here in the AFC.
2: Yeah, I do wonder how much recency bias plays into this, too, because the Colts' defense really is terrific, and the Chiefs' offense just did not get the job done the other night. So, Dan, from a fantasy perspective, let's start on the Chiefs' side. Mahomes with an ankle, Watkins with a hammy. But the big one here, if Tyreek Hill comes back, Nicole Hardman's really fast okay um you can spread the field Sammy Watkins same thing but neither one of those guys are in Tyreek Hill's realm how much of a bump do you give to the Chiefs if Tyreek Hill is back and what if he's not back are you still buying onto the Chiefs with that Houston secondary yeah Which I mean is not this good. is a
0: huge huge total here 55 um I mean last week it was Houston Atlanta was like 49 in that one and uh, these are two really good offensive teams, and yeah, I'm buying Houston. I mean, Mahomes, two really not good games by his standards, and the injury does worry you a little bit. Um, and before I get to the receivers, though, I I think Travis Kelsey is yet to have that, if you don't own Travis Kelsey this week, you're not winning tournaments game. And he usually has about three or four of them a year, and he's has one touchdown in the season, one 100-yard game, has not been able to put it together. You know, kind of saw it with George Kittle last game uh, with with San Francisco. I think they aim to get him even more involved. I think this could be the breakout game uh, for Travis Kelsey. So uh, I'm definitely going to be putting him into a, a number of lineups. And then Tyreek, if he is playing, I think you've got to consider him. I don't know that I go cash games on that just because he is a guy who seemingly gets it on a lot of big plays. And we just don't know if they're going to have any sort of snap count on him. Um, if they say, hey, we're going to play him, you know, as much as we normally would, uh, that's definitely going to increase my interest. But a uh, guy hasn't played in a, in a in a football game here in about, what, four or five weeks. So a little bit nerve-wracking there. we got to check on Watkins' status. You know, if he would be out and then Tyreek would be out, we could probably play some Byron Pringle. I mean, the dude had 100 yards last game. And a big reason for that was because – Watkins got hurt early in that game and he's still like minimum salary out there. So uh, injuries are really going to dictate what we want on the Kansas city side. And the reason why I, I feel like this is going to be a high scoring game though, is Houston doesn't do what Kansas city is really bad at, at defense. And that's stopping the run. Like, do we want to play Carlos Hyde? Do we really believe they're going to grind the rock with him? I, I don't think so. So that's where a team like Indianapolis you know, could run Marlon Mack a whole bunch and, and establish that ground game, which Kansas City has been terrible all season long at stopping the run. So I just don't see Houston being able to do that. I think it's going to be an air fest. And, again, just like last week, Hopkins, Fuller, all aboard these guys.
2: Uh, what about Miko Hardman, though? You brought up Pringle. If, the two, if Hill and oh, yeah. Watkins are out, he's got to be a – I'm not saying a core play, but he's got to be in play big time.
0: Yeah, no, he's definitely in play, but he's really priced up. Like on FanDuel, they bumped the prices of these guys a big time. Like both Demarcus Robinson and Hardman are like mid-6Ks over there. So you're playing a pretty penny for him over there on on FanDuel. And then maybe the one guy we got to talk about is Damian Williams. You know, this was his first game back last week. Played 56% of the snaps. Um, Really kind of took. LaShawn McCoy out of the game, uh, just couldn't do anything in pass protection. That's basically what uh what Andy Reid said afterwards. So uh Damian Williams is probably gonna be overlooked here because everybody's gonna want to go to the passing game, but running backs in this offense have been good historically. So it could be a good buy-low spot on him.
2: Yeah, and he's in my dummy lineup when I made it Monday night. I mean, it's just the price is there on DraftKings. It's in a sweet spot for me. I don't know what I don't think the ownership's gonna be there. Um so I yeah. think there's other ways to go. Now, on the Houston side of things, though, when's Hopkins just going to completely go off again? Because he's been disappointing so far. I mean, every week I throw out, yeah. I'm on Twitter, I'm going, hey, who busted this week? And DeAndre Hopkins shows up every week. This is fascinating. At some point in time, he's going to go bananas.
0: Yeah, these these top wide receivers, Hopkins and Juju Beckham. and and Beckham, and, and they're just all just terrible and it's it's strange because typically you use have a lot of safety in these wide receivers and I think the variance is going to swing his way I mean Fuller got 15 targets last week and probably should have had even more fantasy points than we saw but easily could have gone to DeAndre Hopkins maybe this week it does he's priced down a little bit into the 7k range so I think he's going to be a popular play and I'm definitely comfortable using him I don't think his skills have dropped off Um, it's not like a juju situation where you've got a quarterback change here it's just a matter of time before it happens why not the the 55 total here against Kansas City in a game they're probably going to be playing from
2: behind who has more fantasy points um, in standard obviously Watson or Mahomes
0: man it's a tough I think it's Mahomes I mean you said it last week he threw for 300 yards and they had like a minimal amount of possessions that game and still went over 300 yards. If they get into a true back and forth type game, this guy could throw for like 500 yards. And that's not an exaggeration. (laughs) It's not, it could
2: happen. He needs that. He's got to have Hill back in order for that to happen. I
0: mean, he's had games where he's thrown for over 300 yards in a quarter and in a half. So like the dude's a freak, like the dude is an absolute freak at the position. And, uh, yeah, he's going to get it going. I mean, those last two games, when you look at it against Patricia uh, and then Frank Reich, like those are two super smart coaches who knew what they needed to do to to limit Mahomes. I don't trust Bill O'Brien at all to
2: figure K- that out. Yeah. Hey, K. Raj, this opened at 54, it's at 55 and a half. Uh, before we get your feel on it, why is it moved a point and a half so quickly?
1: Well, I think that we're seeing with what Houston did on Sunday against Atlanta that this offense has the capability of going nuts. I mean, if you want to use an example of most previously who scored the most points, Tampa Bay, and the Bucks uh, struggled the next week against the Saints. So, you know, you wonder if it's going to go backwards, if people are just getting fooled by Houston and what they did against the Atlanta team that really is just mind-boggling how much they've fallen off. Uh, this season now this this is hard with the Chiefs I know you always bring up the example of like the Warriors for instance when when they would score all their points they have high totals in the NBA that do you want to trust taking an under with these two teams and seeing what Mahomes can do in a shootout and and pray that this isn't a 21-14 game in the first quarter I mean you go back to that Raider game the Chiefs scored 28 points in the second quarter didn't score a point in the other three quarters. So they have the capability of busting out and then doing nothing the rest of the game. And, uh, you know, with Houston, like I mentioned, that New Orleans game, they scored 28. They scored 27 against the Chargers. My biggest issue with Houston, though, is the slow starts in the first half. They scored a bunch of their points on Sunday in the second half. They just had a lot of problems, you know, starting quickly. So, I mean, i probably say – maybe under, but I'm not going on the six this time on the scale of 10. Holden, I'm maybe going to like a two or three.
2: Oh, a two K Rogers. That's, that's not very many K Rogers to tell you the truth. Uh, But real quick, you and I worked at Kansas city together. We know the home field advantage for Arrowhead. Uh, We haven't discussed that yet. I mean, can that affect anything, especially Deshaun Watson?
1: I think so. I mean, first time Watson's playing at Arrowhead. He's only faced them in Houston and it's a great home field advantage. It really is. And, you know, I think you have a lot of these stadiums that have gotten very loud, but uh, you know, Kansas city's done a really good job with establishing that over the years, not just now under Mahomes. This happened with Trent green. I mean, this happened 15 years ago. So, you know, it's not that big of a shocker, but uh, you know, I'd be curious to see what the chiefs do off the loss. They don't normally lose at home. Just one number to throw out since 2016, the chiefs are five and zero to the over their last five off a home loss. So we'll see if that means anything. I know that the previous three seasons, it's hard with Alex Smith as opposed to Patrick Mahomes, but they've scored points and we saw it last year. They had an over against Seattle in week 16, after they melted down in that chargers game on that Thursday night last December. So we'll see if that trend continues, but I'm staying away from the total just because, uh, you don't want to play an under with the Chiefs because you never know when uh, it's just going to all bust out.
2: It's not fun. It's not fun. But I'll say this, you know, if Tyreek doesn't play, if Sammy Watkins doesn't play, I would consider going under on this. Any reason to consider if those two guys are gone?
1: No, because who's, you know, Mahomes, I know can always find guys to throw to, but, uh, you know, at the same time, it's about big plays. And Mahomes isn't going to take them you know, 90 yards down the field, grinding it out. Mahomes is going to have big plays. That's what he does. He's great at that. And if you don't have guys that can create those big plays, then, you know, I just don't think that you're going to see the chiefs score six touchdowns on, on 40 plus yard, you know, touchdown passes. I just don't think with those guys out that they'll probably have to move it a little slower down the field. Mahomes will get his numbers, but uh, yeah, if you don't have that big play capability, you know, that means obviously shorter possessions and, you know, Mahomes can't have a nine minute drive instead of a you know, or he have to go the nine minute drive instead of a two minute drive and go down the field.
2: Dan, I'm those guys are out. Play yeah.
0: Kelsey in every lineup. You can't. Every every
2: both lineup of those guys are out. Well, how do you feel about that game total though, Dan? If if those two guys yeah. are out, does it go? Would you be okay with an under at fifty five and a half? I wouldn't be surprised if it gets moved up a little more.
0: Yeah, I guess. But I, I mean, I I think they're going to play, and I think that if there was a threat of their top two wide receivers not playing that that total might not be on the board. So um, I think Tyreek Hill plays this week. I don't know about Watkins. I mean, he went out early and didn't come back. So, uh, you know, he struggled with that all week long, you know, last week probably shouldn't even ended up playing. So I think it might even be a more likely scenario that he is out than Tyreek Hill is out. So uh, that 55, though is a huge number again, like to get that big, uh, of, of a number on a total, you know, it would be shocking to me if they didn't think, like, it almost, that number almost makes me believe that Vegas feels like Tyreek is almost certainly going to play, so.
2: I mean, the Texans so, basically covered the line last week by themselves. Yeah, but Atlanta
0: um, sucks. I mean, I told you last week, I mean, when when you have Tennessee throwing for, like, 300 yards against Atlanta, like, what was Deshaun Watson going to do? He's going to do exactly, with what, exactly what we saw last week. So just don't underestimate how bad that Atlanta defense is. They are terrible.
2: Everything about Atlanta. I mean, listen, we don't have it on the list, but then it's Arizona, you know? So Kyler Murray at some point in time is going to have a big game. So, you know, maybe this is the week he has a big game. Hey, K-Raj, before we get out of here, anything you want to plug and anything you want to talk about the rest of the slate that's on your mind, go for it real quick.
1: Uh No, I mean, you hit on that Atlanta-Arizona game. That should be kind of interesting. A total of 52. Mm-hmm. You wonder if they're going to light up the uh, the scoreboard there if Atlanta finally busts out. And, uh, you know, Kyler Murray finally played – I don't say finally, but, but he played well to get his first win against the Bengals. Just one other note I want to drop to you guys, that the Bengals now won in 12 their last 13 games since last year. And they're getting 11.5 points against the Ravens coming up on Sunday. You wonder if now you go for some value. And you think that Cincinnati – after they were blown out by Pittsburgh on the Monday night, that lose at home to Arizona, which they came back at the end to tie it before the Cardinals kicked the game winning field goal, that maybe this is just too many points for uh, Baltimore to lay, that Baltimore is 0 4 against the spread since they beat Miami 59 10 in the opener. So maybe keep an eye on that. Should be an, inter- an interesting week, though, in the NFL and. Yeah, just hope that uh, we can hit our winners again. You can check out my podcast, Bet and Collect. We have uh, episodes, new ones, NFL, Tuesdays and Fridays. So that is there. And just check us out on vegasinsider.com. We got NFL, college football, NBA starts in a few weeks, NHL is underway, baseball playoffs. So we are busy.
0: Are you grinding preseason
1: NBA, K Rod? No, I don't. You know what? Okay, I've never. I don't know. No, 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 but I'm saying I've never really been much into the preseason stuff i feel like it there's it's always been my opinion it's hard to take a lot you know out of it um
2: just so. the nba right
1: yeah i mean nfl but look at the nfl this past i love year. the nfl but the nfl preseason nobody played
2: Well, oh, it's it's great for dfs i'll tell you that much especially on it's all about man. news Jamino just completely crushes it and helps me win some money Dan anything else you want to say before we get out of here
0: um just a couple of things one one line that was surprising to me real quick here Jacksonville favored against New Orleans this week that kind of stood out like I mean did they not see what Christian McCaffrey did to that defense last week and oh it's only Alvin Kamara this week I mean just the worst tackling I've ever seen by (laughs) linebackers and safeties just I mean it wasn't even tackling like they didn't even go in the right direction. They didn't even touch him. You and didn't It was one see thing when it was McCaffrey, but Reggie Bonifon did the same thing. I'm you, a tilted Jags fan.
2: You did not watch Denver the first four weeks, then, because I've never seen a worse tackling team. At least they showed up last week. No. But K. Rod's quick thought on that one.
1: Here, here's my only my only view: is there's got to be a reason why it's going Jacksonville's way. It really mm-hmm. does. You know, after New Orleans coming off a pair of nice home wins. The last two weeks and Jacksonville back at home. I mean, Minshew's numbers have improved every week. Fournette's running the ball better. Uh, that line may be telling you something. Maybe Jacksonville's the play. Yeah.
0: DJ Chark is really cheap in DFS on DraftKings this weekend. I think, I think he's going to be mega chalk. And uh, it's dangerous because he's, he's not a proven player. But, man, he's been incredible this year.
2: Here's my final take. Unfortunately, I have to watch the Cardinals every week because I either have somebody on the other team or maybe I'm throwing somebody out there from the Cardinals. Also, David Johnson has a sore back, so that's not yeah. good. But I cannot stand – you know, DFS in, in sports betting really changes you because you watch crappy games. You know, it drives me nuts. And the other thing is the games in the dome. I hate games in the dome. It's the worst. Come on, put me outside. I want some sun or I want some rain or I want some snow. I don't want to see two teams playing indoors that completely stink. Uh, so that's a little disappointing. Anyways, lines and lineups, check out vegasinsider.com. Check out rotogrinders.com. Get into DFS. It's a lot of fun. And then uh, the SharpSide app where you can yeah. win a whole bunch of stuff, which is great Yeah, we've too. got
0: uh, contests every single week, including the uh, big Vegas Insider contest. Um, just all your NFL totals and uh, and in point spread bets uh if you got the the most units won at the end of the week uh win some cash free to play
2: all right guys real quick i'm at holden radio on twitter dan
0: at dan underscore bach but you spell it b-a-c-k
2: underscore it's amazing i I was an underscore
0: guy i'm I'm not proud of the underscore but um it is what it is it's too late to uh,
2: an underscore know. guy who's an underscore guy? I've never, I don't heard of want to underscore. be an
0: underscore guy. Believe K-Rodge. me, like there are a few things in life that I'd love to change, that is yeah. one of them, but it's too late.
2: <laughs> K Rogers that gets one K Rogers, that's it. An zero. underscore gets one zero zero K Rogers. Zero. Zero. How do they follow you on Twitter, buddy?
1: At vi Rogers R O G E R S, like Mr. Rogers, not like Aaron yeah. Rodgers.
2: All right, at Holden Radio, I'll just throw it out there again. Lines and lineups, week six. Enjoy the week. Keep grinding, win some money, and we'll catch you next week.